0: Hi, Pastor Anthony here. At Vintage Faith Church, we stand behind the Bible's claim to be the Word of God, and we believe that the Scriptures contain everything needed for life and godliness. The Scriptures testify to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We pray that this recording stirs your faith towards that end. This is in no way meant to be a substitute for the local church gathering, which we believe is critical to your growth as a Christian and your walk with Christ. We pray that you will find the sermon edifying and challenging. Thank you for listening. Amen. So, as you know, uh, we we are in um, a new sermon series. Well, it's it's maybe not that new anymore. Um, we're yeah. we're more than a few weeks into it. Uh, called Signs of Redemption, and and really, uh, what we've been looking at is this idea that. Um, the The miracles of Christ are all pointing to something much bigger they 're also pointing back to the old testament and and they 're also staring right in the face our our own redemption in Christ there 's a quote from um, one of the commentaries we 've been using. When it comes to the the miracles, we want to let each account show its particular angle on the ministry of Jesus Christ, without insisting that they be comprehensive. It is together that the miracles make their cumulative effect, drawing together the whole realm of fallen humanity in these portraits of the blind and the lame, the dumb and the demon-possessed, the leprous and the dead. So, what that author is saying is really this, this idea that every miracle is going to be pressing in on this, uh, the idea of the redemption that Jesus Christ came to bring. And they're going to do it from different angles, and every miracle is not, in and of itself, comprehensive. Meaning, if you press the metaphors a little too hard in some of these miracles, you, you might go off track. That's always something good to know as you read the Gospels. You're going to see, um, today I'm going to draw this, this analogy that we're like the lepers. And, 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 but if you, you know, if you go home and you're like, hey, I want to read this, and you're looking at every little detail, you, you might go off track. The miracles are not designed to be perfect one-in-one, every detail, um, metaphor, or analogy. Um, So today we're going to look at the ten lepers being cleansed, which Pam just read for us. If you are a note-taker, and I know there's a few note-takers in here and and definitely kind of linear-type thinkers. Uh, I'm going to give you my points. I don't often do this, but this is one sermon where I I have the points, and and here they are. Um, This is going to show us four things this morning, this uh, account. Number one, it's a right diagnosis of our condition— Number two, it is a right response to the person of Christ. Number three, a right response to the words of Christ. And number four, a right response to the work of Christ. So again, if if you're Thinking um, and you want to follow along, this sermon's going to be neatly divided into those four categories. All right, let's get going. Luke 17, 11 to 12. And this would be under the heading A Right Understanding of Our Condition. On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. So we have here in our story, 10 lepers. And um, 2023, I'm guessing a lot of us don't have much experience of leprosy. We don't quite understand it like um, we would have understood it in their time. But leprosy was a skin disease, and it... Manifested in multiple different ways. In fact, it was in the Bible, it's more used as an umbrella term for multiple um, skin diseases. But, But at its core, leprosy was internally dangerous. There was a bacteria within that person that could be easily spread easily spread it was internally they were internally sick and even through their respiratory um, their speech they could spread leprosy and these men these 10 lepers as Jesus enters um, passes between Samaria and Galilee they're not in the city they're on the outskirts of the city And for sure these lepers would have been familiar with this scripture. Leviticus 13, 45 to 46. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Brothers and sisters, leprosy in in the time of the Bible was just about the worst possible diagnosis you could get. Couldn't go to temple couldn't worship, couldn't be with God's people, couldn't live in a, in a home. You were outside of the city, couldn't feast during feast times, couldn't, couldn't enjoy any of life. You had to walk around and anyone you came in contact with, let them know, unclean, unclean. In fact... Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, says, and and for the lepers, he suffered them not to come into the city at all, nor to live with any others, as if they were, in effect, dead persons. In fact, the, the lepers um, in the in Leviticus that we just read, they had to cover their upper lip. Think uh, COVID wearing masks. These lepers had a wrap around their uh, mouths. In fact, most historians say that was the same rap that, that they wrapped dead people with. They were the walking dead. It was the worst diagnosis they could have received. And brothers and sisters, again, as many of these miracles have pointed to our condition, this also points to our condition before Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Remember that you, me, all of us, were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was everyone in this room at some point in your life. And the isolating nature of leprosy is like the isolating nature of sin. So as a, um, a pastor, I've been a, a pastor for about six years now. Um, one of the things that um, unfortunately, I get a front row seat to is when people lean into um, sin and they know they're leaning into sin, um, they withdraw. They don't want to be around God's people. They don't want to be around God's word. <clears throat> because let's face it, there's something very convicting to the Word of God. I'm convicted every week when I preach. I'm convicted myself when I preach it. I wrestle with the text every week, and, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, you know, God's Word is designed to do that. It's, it's like an x-ray that literally just places itself over us and can point to all of our sickness. But sin has a way of isolating us. And as we see these lepers, their, their, their total state is, is really a metaphor for, for our state before Christ. But even when we walk with Christ, we can tend to, to stray and we can tend to, to say, oh, that, that looks shiny over there, that, that thing that I know I'm not supposed to do, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll try that. And then we cozy up with it, and next thing you know, we have withdrawn from the people of God, the worship of God, the fellowship of God, and all the things that that God has put in place to to allow our souls to flourish. Actually, John, the Apostle John, says it like this in 1 John. I don't think I have this on the screen, but he relates sin to fellowship. If we say we have fellowship with him, this is 1 John 1, 6-7, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So I want you to see in, in this text with the lepers, they're outside of the camp, um, they aren't allowed in, into the worship and fellowship of God. And the same thing can happen in our lives when we start playing in the mud. We will start withdrawing from what is good and right for our soul. So these leopards are, lepers are standing on the outskirts of town and they're shouting unclean. They're wearing masks around their face. Everything they touched became unclean. If you read Leviticus 13, you will see that that every garment that a leper touches, even their homes, the leprosy, it it says it can get into the walls of the, the home. Everything is polluted that they touch. Their guilt and shame goes before them. They are wearing it like a garment. Literally, their skin is a garment of shame. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like that? I know some of you have. Maybe some of you feel like that right now. You feel like the guilt and the the shame of, of your past sins just goes before you, like it's who you are. It feels like a garment that you just can't take off. You can't shake it. If that's you, oh, there's hope. There's good news. If that's you, there's good news. All right, let's continue the narrative, Luke 17, 13. So the lepers see Jesus. And before we get into to this verse, they, they, they had heard about Jesus. They're not in the crowds. They're not in the hubbub of the, the society. They're on the outskirts and they're still hearing about, hey, there is a man. He may be the Messiah. He, he may be the Son of God and he is healing people. And oh, the hope that must have welled up within them. And they see him. And they lift up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. How many of you have cried that same cry? Jesus, have mercy on us. On me in the Gospels we see three responses to Jesus as we looked at a few weeks ago with with the bread, um, one of the responses to Christ, even after he 's doing his miracles is, Show me a sign, Jesus, what sign are you going to do to prove that you are who you say you are that 's an and often in the Gospels, a response to Christ. In the feeding of the 5,000, they said, what sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe? After he had just fed 5,000 people, they're saying, what sign are you going to do? That's one response to Jesus. And I know uh, that plays out today. People say, I, well, I would believe in Jesus if, if, if I could see I would believe in Jesus if, if, if I could see um, some kind of miracle or I, I need to see it. I, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm a skeptic and I'm going to wear that badge um, as a skeptic. Um, show me a sign, Jesus. And if that's you, I would just say you're not in good company when you read the Gospels. That way to respond to Jesus is rebuked by Jesus himself. The second way to respond to Jesus is, I don't need you. I'm righteous myself. That's the Pharisees. We don't need you, Jesus. We've got this. We've got our law. We've got our temple. We've got our system. You're kind of getting in the way of everything we're doing. Is that you? You don't need a Savior. You think you're a good person. You haven't seen the depth of your own sin. And maybe the sin isn't playing out like the, the mud of the prodigal son, but maybe it's pride. Maybe it's pride. So that's the second way to, to, to respond to Jesus. I don't need a savior. That's weak. third way to respond to Jesus is just like the lepers are doing. You see him and say, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have you done that? Have you done that? We have the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee. And we know that the Pharisee and the tax collector, um, they're, they're praying, and the Pharisee is like, thank God I'm not like all these other men. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. Thank you, Lord. But the tax collector, Luke eighteen thirteen to 14, the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the gospel. This is it. If someone was to ask you, why are you a Christian, what would you say? And you don't have to say it out loud to answer that in your head, but what makes you a Christian. It's not, I'm a Christian because I like the morals of the Bible. It's not, I've looked at all the religions and I I think Christianity lines up with, with me best. There's only one right answer here. There's only one answer. I am a sinner and Christ is my Savior. That's it. I am a sinner, and Christ is my Savior. I have cried out for mercy, and he has answered my call. Brothers and sisters, this is the paradox of the gospel. We go low to be brought up high. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit doesn't mean that we walk around looking at our shoes all the time it's just we realize we're poor in spirit so we can receive his mercy and boy when you do that the joy that you will experience he says it's not the healthy who need a doctor and he says i did not come to call the righteous but the unrighteous do you want to be a christian Do you think you're a Christian? You are like these 10 lepers. And maybe you're so far from being able to identify with that, and you hear me say that, and, and maybe there's something in you that kind of recoils at that thought, and I understand that, but I would say if that's you, you are off of the gospel. You're doing something else, it's not the gospel. At some point, you were outside of the camp. You were riddled with sin from the inside. You were what the Bible would call unclean. And there's only one way to be healed. There's only one way to be healed, but it's total healing, total cleansing. It's crying out to Christ like the lepers, like the tax collector. God have mercy on me a sinner. Psalm 51:17 says, "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise." The way up is to come low. There's an old Puritan poem in prayer I don't know who the author of this is, but I want to read it. It's been warmed my heart for at least the last five years. And I pray that it warms yours. So they say, or whoever wrote it, says, Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. So if you're following along with the the outline Number one, we we recognize our condition. Number two, we rightly respond to the person of Jesus. And that right response is, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Okay. So the narrative continues. We're going to look at the first part of verse 14. And this is the section, the right response to the words of Christ. So what we just looked at, the right response to the person of Christ. Now here's the right response to the words of Christ. When he saw them, so Jesus sees the 10 lepers, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. All right, so if you know anything about Old Testament law, that the lepers were diagnosed with their condition by priests. The priests would inspect them and then give them their diagnosis or their sentence. This is again Leviticus 13. This would have rang with the lepers in no other way than certain judgment. What do you mean go show ourselves to the priest? Do you see us? Do you see our hands? Our face were mangled. We have leprosy. We're unclean. What do you mean go to the priest? They're going to tell us again. They're going to give us a sentence. Get out of the city. Leave. By anyone else saying this, it would have been a mockery. It would have been done with malice. What do you mean? Go show yourself to the priest but it wasn't anyone saying it. It was Jesus. And they already knew he was master. They called him master. Luke 17, 14b says, And as they went, they were cleansed. I want to draw your attention to that particular verse, and in particular, and as they went, they were cleansed. They began walking towards the priests, which could have been their certain condemnation, knowing that they weren't healed. What do you mean, go show myself to the priest? I'm not healed. And they began walking That is faith, right? At that point, Jesus had declared them clean, but they would have looked at their bodies and and said, I'm not clean. Isn't that all of us? We've been declared righteous. But if you're honest with yourself, maybe it takes a few hours this morning or maybe you have to go back a few days, but you know you're not perfectly righteous. But Jesus has said you are. You have been declared clean. Yet, sin is still within you. Your situation is not much different than the lepers here in this verse. And as they went, they were cleansed. Uh, Richard Phillips says this about This particular scene, while their bodies still bore every mark of leprosy, they acted on the contrary word of Christ that declared them clean. Before healthy skin has begun to break through the horrible splotches, before their bodies lost the ravaging effects of leprosy, they were to accept that they were clean. Brothers and sisters, this is faith. This is it. This is faith. We are to accept the words of Christ even when everything else around us seems to be contrary to His words. This is faith. Have you ever seen your disobedience to the Lord's clear words? as a lack of faith. I'll say that again. Have you ever seen your disobedience to the clear words of Scripture as your lack of faith? And if you would say no, or I haven't thought about it, then I would just kind of press upon you. Then what do you think it is when you know what Jesus says and you don't do it? It's a lack of faith. And here again, we see the lepers against all evidence. They begin walking to the priest. They hear the words of the master and they say, we believe you, we will walk. It could have been a death march for them. Who knows how long they were walking. And as they went, they were cleansed. And as we go, we are cleansed. This is it. This is the Christian walk as we lean into Christ, as we worship with God's people, as we fellowship with God's people, as we read our Bibles, as we pray, as we lean on Him, as we go countercultural to the world, day in, day out, week in, week out, we are being cleansed. We are being conformed to the image of Christ from one degree of glory to the next. And those degrees are so small that you probably can't sense it much. But if you were to look back on your life, maybe five years ago, you can probably see, hey, I've made some strides here. I'm living a little more like Christ today than I was five years ago. As we walk with Christ And towards Christ we are cleansed. John 14, 23 to 24. Jesus answered him If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Brothers and sisters, all throughout the Gospels, the test of knowing, are you in Christ or are you not in Christ, is do you listen to his words and do them? That's the test. And you have to ask yourself, if the, if the Scripture is clear and you're not Willing to do it, you have to ask, am I in Christ or not? So we see the third point of the sermon, that the lepers, to all contrarian evidence, listened to Jesus and obeyed. That's the third point. Right response to to the words of Christ. And here's the fourth point. Right response to the work of Christ. Luke 17, 15 to 19. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So um, let's try to put ourselves in the scene of of what's happening here. You've got the lepers. There's 10 of them. They're walking towards the temple, most likely, where they're going to meet the priests. And one of them, they're probably all wrestling in their head we're going to, what's, what's going to happen here? I'm, we're going to meet the priests and they're so stern and strict and they're going to pronounce judgment. But wait, no, Jesus said that we need to do this. We need to trust them. And who knows, they're wrestling back and forth in their mind. But one of them happens to just break out of his mind for a moment and maybe looks at his hands and says, whoa, looks at his arms, feels his face. I'm healed. I'm healed. And most likely, at that point, it breaks out. All ten of them are probably doing the same thing. But this one man, he's a Samaritan. He runs back to Christ, falls on his face at the feet of Christ, and gives Jesus thanks. He's a Samaritan. Jesus says he's a foreigner. So out of the, the ten lepers, nine of them are Jews. And this man is is, well the Samaritans were kind of half half Jews, but he's in, in Jesus' words a, a foreigner. He was the one furthest from the covenants, furthest from the promises if he would have tried if his leprosy was healed and he would have tried to go to the temple, he wouldn't have been able to get far into the temple. he was an outcast and this is the man who comes back and at the feet of Christ praises him and gives him thanks. Can we be? Honest in our own hearts this morning. I think we immediately want to identify with this man, but I bet more than often we're with the other nine. And I say that as someone who confesses myself that more than often I'm grumbling than giving thanks. I have a uh, kind of a prayer that I walk through on Sunday mornings, and and it and it starts in the morning, and it 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 ends from the moment the scripture is read, and I'm walking up here is, is when I stop, and and uh, I learned it from a pastor years ago. Um, it goes like this: A, admit, admit that that I can't do this on my own; that the Holy Spirit needs to be with me and with you for anything good to happen. Because I know as well as um, anyone else that I could stand up here and not even get words out on a Sunday morning. It is only by God's grace that I'm able to um, preach and, and teach the Bible. And it's only by God's spirit that you're able to understand. So I start with admitting, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. I can't do this. And then it goes to P., praying and they're all intertwined and then t trust i take one of god's promises he goes before you and behind you and i just recite it in my head okay you're about to preach the word of god he goes before you he's behind you he hems you in and then there's a act which is what i'm doing now you're doing the act and you can apply this to, to anything and the last one is t anyone want to guess what that is huh I heard something. Thank thank him. Okay. So last one is thank pour your heart out in thankfulness. Well, if you have to any guesses on which one I forget often. <laughs> you bet. T. I might do it 50% of the time. I might be driving home on a Sunday and just Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord, that I felt the spirit. Thank you that I was able to get that out. Thank you that some people responded. Thank you, Lord. But more than half of the time, I forget. I don't do it. I think we are a people that grumbling comes natural to, and thankfulness needs to be cultivated and developed. And we got to remember here, when we give thanks to God for his gifts, he is pleased with that. Even Jesus says it here. Where are the other nine? Like it's good, and Christ knows it's good for us to thank him. It's good for our hearts to have gratitude What parent doesn't delight in when you give your kids something good more than anything, their response of thank you, mom, thank you, dad. And we have to remember in some way, the Lord is blessed by our thankfulness. It's not a small thing. Our thankfulness to the Lord, it's not a small thing. So to, to back up and just go through the four points, and, and this is going to be the end of the sermon. Um, number one, the, the promise of the gospel is for all people, even the foreigner, you don't have to have been raised in a Christian home where you're doing devotionals. You may have been raised in a home where the only time you heard the word Jesus is when it was cursed. Cursed. The promise is for all people. But all people who recognize they are poor and needy, unclean. And the right response to Jesus is not, show me another miracle. It's not, I don't really need you, I got this, I'm a good person it's have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you do that, and you do it with all of your heart, you're his. But it's not over because he's going to have some words. You're gonna, he, he spoke in this thing that we call the Bible, and he's going to tell you to do some things. And the right response there is to say, yes, I trust you. I know everything in me thinks that's a bad idea to maybe love my enemy or whatever the scripture is in your particular situation. Everything in me thinks that that's not gonna go well, but you say that is what to do, Lord, I'm going to do it. And you're not gonna do this perfectly, none of us do. But is your, uh, your life, uh, the trajectory of your life in that direction meaning you're going to you're going to fail you're going to not do what he says at times but is the trajectory of your life in i want to know you christ and i want to do what you say trust his word and do what it, he says and as we do that as we trust and 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 fellowship and worship and and discover our spiritual gifts and and serve the body and disciple one another and be discipled we're being changed. And it's a process. We're being cleansed. We're being changed. But it's all out of the fact that he's already declared us righteous. If you haven't come to him, none of that, that's just works. That is only for the Christian. And then after all of that, we fall at his feet and we rejoice and we give thanks. And we live as a joyful Thankful people. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we are quick to grumble. We're quick to complain. Like we looked at last week, we often argue about our circumstances from the stance of a pardoned criminal. Lord, that was a metaphor that we used last week, but this week it's about cleansing and being cleansed. And we thank you that, that we've been cleansed like we sang by the blood. You are the spotless lamb and your sacrifice on the cross. And as we trust in that and your resurrection, we are cleansed. Thank you, Jesus. Show us our need for you, Lord. I pray that you, there are some in this room who do not know that they are like the lepers. In fact, when they hear that said, they, they are just not happy with the statement. But Lord, there is so much joy in going there. Like the poem said, we, our path to victory is through becoming low. Help us to do that. Knit our hearts together, Lord, as we sing these last songs, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with us. We hope that you found this sermon edifying, encouraging, and challenging. To learn more about Vintage Faith Church, visit vintagefaithcicero.com. And of course, if you live in the area, we invite you to worship the Lord with us on Sunday mornings.